Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, and it is a lovely, well, hot day here. Yeah, it's a little toasty. At the uh, UPMC room. Going into Sports hour Life. three here sitting outside, but I think we're starting to drag a little bit. And, Getting uh, us ready for training camp, which is going on here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it is beautiful out. It absolutely is. Uh, Matt, you sent me an article from the 33rd team. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Dot com. Uh, this was the one that is run by uh, uh, Linder. Uh, what the heck's his name? Uh, Mike Tannenbaum. Yeah, yeah. They got a bunch of uh, and, uh, dudes that were in the league yeah. that contribute. Greg Cosell writes an article here and there. They, they have a bunch of contributors. They, they do good work. Uh, so t- today, uh, Mike Tannenbaum, of course, former Jets uh, GM, Dolphins GM I mm-hmm. think, as well, uh, ran- tiered the best offensive weapon groups in the NFL in 2022. This would be wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. Not- I think this is more and more important than ever. I, I mean, I grew up with – Win in the trenches, you know, and you can fill in spots here and there, especially at receiver and running back. And I just think that more and more game-changing receivers might be more important than a really good right guard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if your line doesn't stink. You I know, think the, the league is trending in that direction as well. We've yeah, seen so many right. wide receivers drafted early. Uh, and the way talking, they're getting paid. Yeah. There are seven tiers here. Mm, So tier seven is, as we approach the last tier of the position groups, we see a common trend, the lack of a true and proven wide receiver one. Yeah. While a lot of the the young talent are present in this company, the number one option in the passing game is lacking. There will be teams that could struggle due to their lack of diverse talent on offense. They could be one-dimensional on offense at times and can lack consistency. Those teams are the Ravens. That's J.K. Dobbins, yeah. Chris Edwards, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I think Andrews is a difference maker, and Dobbins is a good player, but there's not a lot of force multipliers. There's not, there, yeah, you know, not, right. not a di- not a dynamic players at the wide receiver position. Houston, well, Houston I tend has to a, agree. They have a dynamic wide receiver in Brandon Cooks, but he's not special. Yeah. You know, I mean, everyone has something like that, give or take. Yeah. I mean. We talked about this leading up to the draft, that when it comes to receivers, I'm greedy. I want one extra, yeah. you know, and not, these teams definitely don't even have close to that. And their grouping is Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead. Nothing real yeah. super there. I, mean, I think Damian Pierce will be the starter, but he's not super dynamic either, yeah. you know. Cooks, Nico Collins, John Maychie, Brevin Jordan, and Farrell Brown. They're actually creating a receiver room, though. You yeah. know, I mean, they'll wait on Mechie and Nico an okay rookie year. But there's something there to build off for the first time in forever. Uh, the Falcons are in that tier. They've oh. got Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier, uh, Drake London and Omede Zacchaeus, Alden Tate, Kyle Pitts, Anthony Ferkser. I mean, Pitts, to me, would if we're drafting skill position players going forward, he might be my second or third pick overall. I mean, but the rest of the group, especially the receivers not named London, who I could take or leave, to be honest with you, is awful. The Patriots. Oh, I'm glad they got mentioned. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. I mean, their tight ends and running back room are good. I mean, they're fine. 
But there's no difference maker, period, in the in no. their, you know. Like, Jacoby Myers is a good player. I mean, there's a lot of good players. That's it. The Bears with David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Equinomius St. Brown, Cole Komet, and James O'Shaughnessy. Komet's one of my favorite breakout tight end guys. Everyone kind of sleeps there's on nobody else to throw the ball to. There's nobody else to throw the ball to. And people kind of look at him through a fantasy lens like, boy, he's not that good. He just didn't catch any touchdowns. He will. But overall, that group's as bad as any. And then the Giants are in that tier with Saquon Barkley, Matt Breida, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Toney, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Jordan Atkins. I don't agree with the Giants being in that tier other than I just don't trust any of them. To stay healthy. You're right. I mean, none of those guys are trustworthy. But on their best days... The Shepherds and Tonys and Barclays are good. Their problem is they can never get them all in the field. Never, ever, ever, games. ever. Right. It just doesn't happen. Tier six. Uh, all these teams in tier six have top tier run games with the ability for their running backs to create explosiveness on the ground and in the air. They lack talent on the outside and have serious concerns beyond their wide receiver one. These are the bottom half of the wide receiver ones in the NFL. And while their run games are strong, their pass, uh, pass catching options beyond wide receiver one are shaky and hard to trust consistently. Two teams in that tier. The Colts and the Titans. Good ones. They yeah. run the ball really well with as good a ground game. Traditionally, big backs that's going to go through Henry and Taylor, of course, investing in linemen. See, I think you could put Tennessee in Tier 7. Because Robert Woods right now is their wide receiver one. is really hard to trust. When is he going to play? When is he going to play? And I don't trust Burks. Like, they would kill for Pittman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I would lean them towards the, the bottom and I would tier. Bump the, I would actually probably bump the Ravens up to tier six. Because at least they have Andrews and Dobbins yeah, coming back. Right, and right, he should, right. Be, he should be fully healthy. Like Robert Woods may not play until November. Mm-hmm. Then what do the Titans have? No, that's a good point. Uh, tier five. None of those guys like have a third receiver. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tier five consists of teams lacking. And having a third receiver in today's NFL is not that huge, much to ask yeah, for. Right. You know, you get that guy in the third round all day long, you know. Tier 5 consists of teams lacking true star talent at multiple position groups. Mostly these players are effective at their given job, but are lackluster in multiple categories of star power, depth, consistency, health, and distributed talent. These teams have a multitude of young talent that could rise in the ranks, but it has not been seen yet. That's the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Steelers. I see why you'd put those teams together. The Jets are like the epitome of that description, you know, where – a lot of good young guys, not quite proven. I mean, even Corey Davis is a good player. You know, like the Ravens would kill for Corey Davis, and he's like a forgotten guy for the Jets. Yeah. It's a little nice to the Jags, though. I don't think I'm putting the Steelers in the same tier as the Jaguars. Right. The, those two are different than me. Yeah. You know, to I mean, me. Here's the Jaguars talent, uh, skill group guys. James Robinson, Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, LaVishka Chenault, Evan Ingram, and Dan Arnold. It's better than it's been. I mean, we're not even talking about what they're spending on those guys. Yeah. But, like, Christian Kirk, he's their best guy listed. Don't you agree? Yeah. What does he do here? He'd be wide receiver two or three. Yeah, I'm thinking three. Yeah. With the chance that Pickens goes past him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he plays 60% of the snaps here. 70, you know? Yeah. James Robinson's not starting over Najee Harris. No. Like, I'd love to have Travis Etienne. And Pat Fryermuth's the best tight end of that group. Yes. Like, ATN would be a really nice addition, but he'd play 20 snaps a game here. Right. <laughs> yeah, he I mean? is. Yeah. And hope he hits a big play or, you know, use him as a receiver. But 
Right. I, I would not love those I mean, together. if you look at it, the same thing with the Jets. Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. Corey Davis, C.J. Azoma, and Tyler Conklin. I like Azuma and Conklin. That's a nice. Yeah. And they also have Ruckert, too. Yeah. I mean, who's a mid-round pick. That... But I'd still rather have Fryermuth. I would, too. But the, the Jets guys, to me, are just more unproven. You know, yeah. like Garrett Wilson's. Would have a lot of value. I guess on what any he's kind of looking at here right. is, is the Steeler guys are unproven. Well, Harris had a 1,200 yard season last yeah. year. Yeah, they're just young. Johnson had a 100 catch season last mm-hmm. year. Claypool has, has put up, I think, 800 yards in each of his first two years. That's a nice number two. To be fair, I think the Steelers are a hard team to put in any category. They are because a lot of what happened was due to the style of quarterback they had last year, and they're remarkably young. But. Claypool and Deontay have been around the block, and Fryermuth and Harris as second-year players, I have a pretty good grasp of what they are. Well, let's look at the Tier 4 teams and see how they compare with the Steelers. Tier 4 are the teams that have an average group of playmakers. These teams need to add both talent and depth at their skill positions. That's the Cardinals, the Commanders, the Browns, and the Packers. I I put the Steelers' skill position guys ahead of the Packers. Yeah, and ahead of the Browns. Yeah. I mean, the running back room's awesome, but... I think they're very much in the conversation. In fact, I'd put them ahead of the Commanders. I would say I would put them ahead of the Cardinals. I don't know if I'd put them ahead of the Commanders. Yeah, because the the Cardinals, you can't... DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the first season. He's going to miss a ton. Then you're looking at... So, the Cardinals is James Conner. James Conner, Daryl Williams, DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, A.J. Green, Zach Ertz, Trey McBride. That's pretty good. I mean, it, when not, everybody's right. You're not going to have DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games this year. How many games are you going to have James Conner two I years know. in a row? I, I've been saying that about the Cardinals left and right. That And A.J. Green is not A.J. Green of five years ago. No. There's about five guys. Nor is Zach like Ertz for that matter. Nor is Ertz, right. And the rookie tight end, too. I like what they have on paper. I bet I won't like what they have in week six. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? For the uh, for the commanders, it's, it's Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick. Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, Cole Turner. I also think Robinson, the back out. I mean, of, that's not a bad group out of Alabama. Yeah. Needs to be mentioned too, because I think he's a quality player. Yeah. Um, that, I think it's comparable to what the Steelers have. I think it's comparable. I would take McLaurin over Deontay. Yeah. But they're probably on the same tier. Yeah. But I would take Harris over Gibson. Yeah. Although I like that they have three backs as opposed to one. But Harris is clearly better than anyone they have. Yeah. Logan Thomas is a tough one to kind of judge at this point. He's been good, and they gave him money, but he's coming off an injury, and he's he old. Stay healthy, yeah. yeah, he's 33, I think. Um, then the I pa- like Dotson. The Packers are slam. I mean, I'm, I would take Aaron Jones over Harris. Yeah. If we were just ranking skill guys, period, Aaron Jones would be number one. Yeah. But then it would be a long time until I mention a Packer. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And their number two is their backup running back. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not giving Sammy Watkins any I don't like any of their pass catchers. I don't like any of their pass catchers. No. I mean, they would kill for Claypool or Pickens. You know, I mean, I guess they took Watson over Pickens. I wouldn't. I'd rather Pickens than Watson, but I see why they would not go down that road. But, man, I mean, Robert Tunyon's not very good either, by the way. I mean, he had one good year where he he caught, like, eight or ten touchdowns. He's a creation of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think their skill guys are – What's how many tiers are there? Seven. They may be in tier seven. <laughs> they might be. You know, are they much different than Houston? Right. You know, I might rather have the Colts skill guys, like for as good as Aaron Jones is. I'd rather have the Ravens skill guys for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And frankly, I don't want my top guy to be a back if I can help it. In today's NFL. Right, 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 right. In tier three are the Lions, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Chiefs. It's pretty kind of Seattle. It's really kind of Seattle. It's kind of kind of Detroit. To a, See, I didn't to say I think Detroit earned it. I, I like Hawkinson and Swift a lot. I, I get it. Yeah. And Jameson Williams but is the my wide favorite receiver. The wide receivers. St. I, Brown's but good. But he hasn't played a, He hasn't played it down in the NFL yet. I know, I know. We don't, but, yeah. And he's not going to for a while either. I, I think the Lions skill guys are legit. And putting. Uh, I mean, DJ Chark doesn't stink. I, did, I look at the Lions. Putting the Lions in, in the same tier as the Chargers. I mean, they're in a pretty high tier. I think or they've the earned Chiefs? it. See, I would take the Lions over, like, Washington or Pittsburgh that we just had the conversation okay, with. Okay, I get that. But yeah. putting them in that same conversation with the Chargers and the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs are great, though. Okay, here are the Chiefs guys. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Ronald Jones. That's not good to me. That's a bottom 10 backfield. Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hartman, uh, Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, Travis Kelsey. Just wide receiver room. I think that's a bottom 10 wide receiver room. It's not great. No. I'll give you that. Kelsey's the most dangerous tight end in the league. Yeah. And still is. And we both like Sky Moore a lot. But they would be a tier or two lower. But we're all saying that the Chiefs are going to come out and run more power this year. They're going to mm-hmm. be more of a running team. They're going to diversify their targets. With Clyde Edwards, Lair, and Ronald Jones? I know. Blah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't like their backs at all. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I guess uh, Seattle's not quite as bad as I thought. If you go Metcalf, Lockett, Penny, Walker. There you go. Ken- After that, it's Kenneth Walker, thin. Rashad Penny, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, D. Eskridge, Noah Fant, Will Disley. I forgot they had Fant, too. I mean, he's on the Friarmouth tier, yeah. at least. I, I don't it's love not awful. Fant. No. I, like, uh, I know they love We haven't talked about the Cowboys. Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, James Washington, Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson. I've been trading for Michael great. Gallup left and right in my dynasty leagues. When does he play this year? Because he's cheap as could be because yeah. no one thinks he's going to play for a month or two, which in this exercise can't hold a lot of weight. Like James right. Washington's going to be their number two receiver right? or Tolbert for a while. And I don't believe in their tight ends quite as much as fantasy numbers imply from last year either. I just think they're a bunch of guys. Like I wouldn't trade Fryer moves for their tight end room. Tier two. Teams possess high-end talent at RB1 position and wide receiver one position, but have question marks further down the line. That's the Vikings. Okay. 100%. That's a definition of them. Although I kind of like Irv Smith, but that's questions down the line. The Broncos? Um, I hear you. I just don't think they fit the description he laid out. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not even sure who their number one receiver, receiver is. receiver one, yeah. Right, right, right. That, to me, they get a bunch of twos. Mm-hmm. Including like Hamler and Patrick and yeah. Alberto. Yeah. And even like Gordon. Like they have depth, but I don't think they have star power. Judy and Javante could be. This next one I really kind of disagree with. The Saints. That's putting a lot of faith in Michael Thomas. It and oh, by the way, Kamara has legal stuff looming yeah. too. Everyone talks That's about Watson. That's Kamara, Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, Taysom Hill, and Adam Troutman. The average I guess you have to include Hill. I the average age Hill. of those guys, even with right. a, a rookie like Alave in there, he's got to be over 30. Ingram's old. Ingram's way old. Kamara's, Kamara's 27-ish. Yeah, Kamara's getting that, up there. Michael, Tom, Michael Thomas is getting up there. Jarvis Landry's over 30. Mm-hmm. Taysom Hill, believe it or not, is over 30. Oh, I know. He's old, right. Like that's an old On paper, if it all hits, when they trot out Kamara 
and those three tight receivers looks good. Yeah. That's just how many games you're gonna get out of those. Looks guys? better on paper yeah. than it does probably in week six again, you know. The Eagles with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. I don't know if they have a wide, uh, running back one though. No. Because I don't think Sanders is an RB one. No. But I like the rest of their group. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard. I like God. I mean, when you throw out Goddard, Brown, and Smith now, that's pretty strong. I mean, they t- they're telling us that they don't think he's a RB one because they won't give him the ball twenty times a game. No, and he's a free agent to be too. I don't yeah. know if he'll be back after the year. Uh, That's not a bad group, though. The Bills with Devin Singletary, James Cook, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jamison Crowder, Dawson Knox, O.J. Howard. That's a good group. I think that's where they belong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They got a lot of receivers. The Panthers with Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, D.J. Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, Tommy Tremble, and Ian Thomas. See, I kind of see two stars and then a bunch of, eh. Yeah. And McCaffrey hasn't been on the field much lately. I mean, he's a star. He's missed at least 10 games in each of the last two seasons. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, that's okay. It's and, been a while since he's been a star. And I'll put DJ Moore over Deontay and even oh, he's, McClure. He's a stud, and, yeah. Yeah, he's a stud. Yeah. Poor guy doesn't have a lot helping him. I mean, I can't – Robbie Anderson's a good player. Would Robbie Anderson play 50% of the snaps here? If he could hold off Pickens, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if he'll hold off Pickens right. for 17 games, you yeah, know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, the 49ers with Elijah Mitchell. And their tight ends are just guys. Just guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Niners. Niners are Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, George Kittle, Ross DeWelly. I love Debo and I love Kittle, especially because of the way they play the game. Yeah. So if Ayuk's your three, that's pretty darn good in my opinion. I think their whole group of running backs are just dudes. Yeah. That, I agree. I mean – Najee, I think. If Najee were on that team last year, I think he runs for 1,700 yards. Yes. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And Mitchell runs for 800 if he was here last year. <laughs> if he stays. Again, he couldn't stay healthy in San Francisco. Right, 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 right. right. Um, and the number three receiver, Juwan Jennings, is just a guy. Mm-hmm. They don't put a third receiver on the field all that often. I mean, it's really use check. But use check doesn't hold any weight in this conversation, really. Yeah. But if Iuke's your third pass catcher, that's pretty good. Uh, Tampa Bay is Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, whenever he gets and I back. say when right. Uh, Russell Gage, Cam Brate, and Kate Otten. I love Evans, um, but some of his metrics declined last year. I think the best day of Mike Evans yeah. is probably behind us. I'm going to throw Gronk at that conversation, too. I know he's not a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, but I think he will be. Um, it's okay. I mean, Russell Gage might be on my fantasy teams. But he ain't no Antonio Brown. No. I mean, he's getting a lot of targets, and, you know, Brady will love him, but he's okay. The last team in that tier is the Rams with Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, and Kendall Blanton. Cup and Robinson, to me, are legit. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty darn good pairing. The rest of the group's good, not great. Yeah. If you threw Odell in the mix or something, that'd be fine. Like, Tutu Atwell doesn't count. He doesn't even see the field anymore, even though it was a second-round pick last year. There's going to be some teams in here in this next year. Tier one mm-hmm. is Cincinnati, the Raiders, and Dolphins. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati, I get being in that tier. They're Their still, top two receivers are awesome. But and they, a third guy, Boyd, is good. And Mixon's pretty strong, I don't love too. the tight ends. 
I don't love the tight ends, but that's not important to them. But they're a tier one skill guy. I get putting the Raiders there with Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, but is Jacobs really a, a, an RB1 at this point in his career? No, and they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Yeah. But if your top three receivers are Devontae, Waller, and Renfro, that's legit. Yeah. That's no, legit. That's a good, that's yeah, a good yeah, yeah, yeah. But putting the Dolphins in there. I like their top two receivers a lot. I mean, I still the running think backs are Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Mm-hmm. And th- who they sign? Somebody that's just a guy. Sony Michelle. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a revolving door. And then your tight ends are Gesicki and, and Durham Smythe. Who's their third receiver? Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson's son. Yeah, I mean, I can't put them ahead of the Bills. No, I think the Bills are harder to play against. I'll take Diggs over Hill at this stage of his career, probably too. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's close, and I think Waddle's really good. But I, the I pill- can't put them ahead of the Vikings. Jefferson and Chase are the two best young receivers in the league to me. And you got Dalvin Cook. And That's Dalvin a true Cook, RB1. Right? And you get Alexander Madison coming off the bench who would start for a lot of teams. And everybody forgets about Adam Thielen and thinks he's dust, but yeah. he's still pretty darn good. K.J. Osborne's not a bad three. Mm-hmm. I think Irv Smith. Irv Smith's an up, up – yeah. Irv Smith and Gusecki are the same grade for me. Yeah. You know, on their best day. They're both good, but, you know, up and coming and have some questions. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, there's just some teams that, that – I think Waddle has a chance to be a star, though. Can he be a star, though, with that quarterback? Well, that's not the conversation, but no. I think the answer is no. I, I think Tua will not be the the Dolphins starting quarterback next year. And which could be their downfall. Yeah. I think they're, they have – I wouldn't trade the Steelers quarterbacks for the uh, Dolphins quarterbacks. No. Including Bridgewater. No. No. I mean, uh, to me, Bridgewater and Rudolph aren't – That's why I don't think the Dolphins are going to be a great team this year. I don't either. I think they're going to find out that their quarterback's not good enough. Yeah. Is what this, this year will be all about for Miami. Yeah. Okay. That was the uh, tier. The, Interesting. The tier, yeah, tiered offensive weapon groups uh, from the 33rd team, uh, Mike Tannenbaum. We're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. When we come back, we'll hear from Gunnar Olszewski. Cool. He sat down with Wes Euler and Arthur Motes. Everybody sits down with Euler and Motes, and nobody sits down with us. Yeah. But uh, we'll hear from uh, Gunnar Olszewski in the next segment. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At s Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why s Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, s Bank is here to help. Learn how s Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. s Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by J.D. Power. For J.D. Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And uh, as I mentioned earlier today, uh, Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler sat, sat down with uh, Gunnar Olszewski. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the new Steelers' uh, new wide. What do you consider him? Wide receiver, punt returner. I mean, they, they're obviously they're they're in these situations. He's doing a lot of receiver work. Sure, and he's going to go to the wide receiver meeting room. I'm sure every yeah. day. But I mean, he's here for special teams. That's exactly. You know yeah, I mean, I mean, if you Gunner look at his Gunner. his career stats, he has nine career catches. Yeah, and that Patriots team was not loaded. No, they could use receivers. receivers. Yeah. I mean, it was a small sample size, but I was watching him a little bit just out here running routes and catching passes. 
and you can't help but think Edelman and Welker and, yeah. you know, that type of receiver. So I think he can do some of that, but I think that's a break emergency only type of thing. I'll say this. He, he played defensive back in college. Mm-hmm. So he had to make a transition. So, you know, and you're getting him now in year four. Yeah. But I think he's brought in here much like a, a TJ or a, a Derek Watt where the offensive contributions are second. You yeah. know, I, I mean, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's averaged 12.6 yards per punt return in his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really good at it. I assume he'll be a gunner on special teams, too, and tackle and all those yeah. things, too. He's not just a returner. Right. He I mean, has yeah, that yeah. defensive back background. Right, right, right. Yeah, so let's hear what he had to say uh, with yeah. uh, Euler and Motes. So here we go, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You hit a man right there. Yes, indeed. Steelers wide receiver. Steelers all pro. Return man. Gunner Oshesky. Baby, talk to what me. What up, what up, How man? you doing today, man? It's great to wear the black and gold. I no, can tell man, you, you look good in it, man. You, you look real good in it. How are you adjusting to the black and gold? I mean, obviously you spent your past couple of seasons up in New England. Yeah, yeah. And I, one thing that place taught me was pay attention. And mm. I got a great guy to pay attention to, Mike Tomlin and the staff. He's yeah. put together and the veterans around here, so – it's like I'm a rookie again, like I was in New England. I just follow suit, follow the guys that laid the groundwork uh, in the black and gold. So it's exciting. No, I like that. You mentioned Mike Tomlin. I mean, this is this is obviously an organization that defines continuity. I mean, Kevin Colbert, over 20 years mm-hmm. with the organization. Mike Tomlin, this yeah. is your 16 that he's entering, I believe, yeah. with the organization. The Rooney family for mm-hmm. decade and decades and decades. I got to imagine that stability probably feels similar to what you had in New England and was part no of doubt. what attracted you no to doubt. Pittsburgh. And uh, they've built such a great organization here in uh, Pittsburgh. And for them to bring me in, a guy that they wanted to come in, me, uh, that means a lot to me because they know football and I appreciate what they see in me and I'm excited to work with them. Now talk a little bit about that free agency part for you as well, man, in terms of why did you decide to come to Pittsburgh, man? I'm sure you had other suitors and things like that, but what was it about the Steelers that made them so attractive to you? Mike Tomlin. Mm. That's it, you know. Let's go. And how lucky am I? I mean, I got to play for a great organization in New England. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I ain't with them no more. Right, so, right. you know, my loyalties are all here. Don't make no mistake there, there about that. There we go. There we go. Let <laughs> them know. Uh, Our <laughs> listeners will like to hear that. Getting a chance to play for Mike Tomlin. I go from one of the best to Absolutely. another one of the best. And I just yeah. am excited to soak up the knowledge and learn. And it's, it's awesome, man. It's great to be here. You've had an interesting kind of path, right? I believe you played corner in college, I believe, correct? Yeah. And then to the NFL, some wide receiver, all-pro returner. Is that just something you've kind of always proud, you know, had taken pride in, is that I'm going to find a way to have an impact out here on the football? I don't care if it's corner. Yeah. I don't care if yeah. it's wide receiver. I don't exactly. care if it's special teams. At the end teams. of the day, I'm a football player, and I try to – when we're out here, OTAs is all about improving your game on every level. I'm working on blocking, running with the ball, angles to pursue. I played on kickoff, obviously catching punts. I mean, it's – I'm a football player at the end of the day, and that's what that's what uh, places like this pride in is football players. They don't, you know, ain't a lot of like this guy only does this, this guy only does that. It's guys that can do a lot of different stuff, and that's what makes a good team. Now, uh, Wes obviously just alluded to the fact that you were very, very dynamic and successful as a return man while you were in New England, being an all-pro. So just talk about, man, what do you feel you can bring to the Steelers' return game now, man, that you're here? Um, explosiveness and stability. That yeah. ball's in the air. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to try to make the right play. And I, another great guy I got to play for, Danny Smith. Now, hey, with the him. bubble gum man. Let's oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we've we've talked ball for an hour, and he obviously coaches things different than what I've been coached before, right. but in, in different ways work, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I'm excited to see what he thinks. And he's asked me, which I'm not used to. He asked me what I like. You know, that wasn't a question <laughs> I got asked very much. Um, so working with him and uh, being a return man, it's just – it's the first play for the offense. So yeah. my job is to give the ball the offense, whether it's a fair catch or whether it's a mm-hmm. 
85-yard return for a touchdown. You know, that's 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 the goal every time is first first and 10 for us. Well, and like you said, there are a lot of similarities, even when you're talking about the significance of special teams with both organizations. Yeah. New England, they take special teams extremely serious. But as you can see now that you're here, oh, yeah. it's a similar, you know, feel mm-hmm. and vibe to that thing as right. well, man. And that's what I'm so excited to come to a team like this. That's another thing that it alluded to yeah. me coming to Pittsburgh was I know they take pride in special teams. So mm-hmm. one way or another, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to I'm gonna find my role here, whatever that may be, yeah. and it's there's going to be a spot for me. And, like, they, they appreciate the way guys work, and that mm-hmm. that's what I've always prided myself on. Let's go. Gunnar Olszewski with us here on Steelers Nation Radio. You mentioned Danny Smith a moment ago. Oh, yeah. Moats and I, we love it. You know, we're fortunate enough. We get out of the studio and down here for, for you know, OTAs and get many to see games. you guys in person, you oh, know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you all the, the, the hype we is about, got, We're in the shade, too. <laughs> best oh, yeah. of you. It's, it's oh, yeah. awesome. You know, and, and, and training camp and all those different things, too. And we always, I mean, we joke, but it's it's true. We love it when Danny Smith gets to operate now. There, mm-hmm. he's chomping on the he bubble runs gum. The show. He's screaming and yelling oh, yeah. and running the show. Yeah. Uh, obviously, for you, you know, it's still in the earlier stages. But I got to imagine he's a guy who's just a blast to work with. And oh be yeah, around. yeah. And everybody, everybody gets their time with Danny Smith. I don't care who you are. I've seen him working with. <laughs> I mean, he's coaching out Hayward on, on field goal block. Something he's been doing for ten years. Everybody. <laughs> so you know, he takes so much pride in it. He says. You know, I'm doing a good job if Mike Tomlin just leaves me alone. Yeah, he, he don't want to talk. I don't. Want, I want to. I control this. If I don't hear nothing from, him, I'm doing a good job. So, <laughs> no, without a he, doubt, man. Yeah. Now, like you said, man, this has been you know, a couple of years for you now in the league. What going on year four? No, four. yeah, year four, four. now. Yeah. Correct, absolutely. So, with that being the case, we've seen you know you making some growth. We've seen you obviously emerge on the special teams front. But what's the next step for you, man? How can we expect to see some more development from you on the offensive side of the ball as well? Right, that's personal goals that I have. Yeah. Of course, I want to get the ball any 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 time I can because I think what I can do with the ball is good. I can take care of it, and that's stuff that I've learned. And I'm I'm trying to learn, get on the field, and. Well, you're the still developing at the position. No, no. <laughs> it's no. been three years. It's been three years. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's years. I'm not, no one can get any better <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying that, but you can't give me that, oh, he's a former corner. I've played in the NFL. I, I haven't played much in the game, but I've right. played for three years practice receiver. That's all I practice Correct. up there. So yeah. at this point, I'm a receiver. And you, you can take rookie guys who play receiver their whole life, Yes. and they're learning a new position. They're playing NFL receiver now. Very true. So I don't give myself no, like, oh, I used to be this, I used okay, to be that. Okay. I came in, I'm a receiver. I've been a receiver, so I'm trying to improve my game in that aspect for sure. Now, I like that mindset right there. That's a, that's a unique approach as well because a lot of people do do that. They do hear it and they say, well, hey, man, I haven't played this position throughout my career it's, growing and up. And that's why I come back to yeah. it. It's football at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yep. Like, I played, sure, I played DB, but you catch the ball as a DB, yeah. and I always return punts. I catch the ball, mm-hmm. I run with the ball. Now it's just adding a route into it and reading coverages okay, and knowing okay. where you're supposed to be. and. That's part of it. So it's exciting. It sure is, though, I'll tell you. You obviously had some experience with Mac Jones last year yep. in New England. Steelers turning a page as well at the yeah. quarterback position. 18 years of Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. He'll be in Canton in a few years. No doubt. Um, going to be whoever ends up winning the job, it's right. going to be the, the first time for that guy being QB1 here in Pittsburgh. Mitch right. obviously had that experience in Chicago. But does that change anything from your perspective out here where there is still some uncertainty at the quarterback position or just you know it's going to be working in a guy who hasn't been in the system for 10 years? already i'll tell it to you like this i'm here to play receiver i'm in the receiver meetings i run the routes i catch the ball and whatever happens with them happens with them i'm focused on doing my job and you know i no matter control who it what is you can control, control what you control no matter who it is you know i want to be in the right spot for that guy every yeah. time i'm out there whether i'm out there with mason or uh, mitch or whoever else trubisky all the all those guys yeah now 
this offseason, man, we've obviously made some additions to the wide receiver room, you being mm-hmm. one of them. We saw some of the guys that we drafted, George Pickens, yeah. Calvin Austin. Man, just talk about what that receiver room has been like since you've been here, man, your rapport with the guys, and if you've seen anyone, you know, surprising you in a sense. Yeah, I mean, they, we've, we've all come from different places, and it's kind of a mixed pot, mm-hmm. if you will, of guys, and it's been fun. We've been out to eat a number of times and just hanging with each other. Um, but everybody, everybody's learning kind of at the same curve because – not to allude too much, but the offense changed a little bit. Right. So even guys who were here, newer offense for them too. So it's it's fun working with all those guys. And Coach Frizz is a different kind of coach, and it's <laughs> it's exciting to work with him and learn all the stuff that he's got. He's a former player, which mm-hmm. always means something to guys in that room. Not that you can't get coached by a guy who never plays. It's but different, though. It you, you hear things yeah. a little different from the guys. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have him in the room. And uh, vets from all over. I mean, we got a guy from Baltimore. We got a guy yeah. who played with Mitch in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's exciting. It's, it's a fun room to be in. Last one I've got for you, and we really appreciate the time. Yeah, Gunnar Olszewski with us here. Texas guy. Yeah. Western Pennsylvania and Texas, not a ton of similarities, right? <laughs> Weather's a little bit different. It sure is. Cuisine's a little bit different. Sure you, know, you guys have got the good brisket and barbecue. You got it's, the permani sandwiches. It's, okay. it's, it's more sandwiches okay. and okay. French fries, right, pierogies yeah. up yeah. here. Yeah. One of the thing, though, one thing that certainly is in common with Texas and Western Pennsylvania is just the absolute love affair with football. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves it from yeah. the high school level to the collegiate yeah. level to the pro level. Yeah. It's that Friday night, Saturday, Sunday type thing. Oh, yeah. Ha- have you felt that it being here Absolutely. in your short time Absolutely. in Pennsylvania? I've, I've walked around Pittsburgh on the weekends. There ain't nothing to do. So when there's a football game on Sunday, that's where people, are at. <laughs> that's where people tune into. And playing in a city like that is awesome. And what I did learn is all I have to change Y'all is yens. 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 That's it. Yeah. Vocabulary. Boom. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Hey, well, Gunner, man, that's all we have for you, man. We greatly appreciate you taking some time, man, to kick it with us today. Keep doing your thing out there on the field, man. We're definitely excited to see what you do for us this season, man. All right, man. Thanks, partner. We appreciate appreciate your time. That was Gunner Olszewski, Steelers' uh, new uh, punt return specialist, maybe wide receiver. Yeah, slash special teamer. Gunner's going to be a gunner, I'm sure. I think Danny Smith will love him. I mean, players like that don't move the needle a lot to people just kind of watching from afar, but they do inside the building, and they're yeah. very useful on game day. Yeah, those those guys, you know, I know people look at this, uh, talk about it all the time with Derek Watts. Mm-hmm. Well, they're paying way overpaying him to be a fullback. Folks, he's not just a fullback. No, that's that's secondary on the resume. Without you know, a right, doubt. Right, right. And so you look at it the same way you look at Gunnar Olszewski, mm-hmm. whereas he's a, 100%. he's a punt returner slash gunner. We had seven special teams tackles yep. last year for the uh, Patriots. Um, you know, and you can't just look at special teams tackles no, for the no. effectiveness of a, of a special teams player. There's because very few of them through the course of the year. Right. Yeah, I, I talked to Watt about it last week. He said, you know, you don't know. You may be playing a team on Sunday and, and – you may not want to kick the ball at all to the return mm-hmm. guys. You're kicking everything. You're angling everything out of bounds. Or you're making sure that you get a fair catch. Yeah. So there's no there's no opportunities there. And then on on kickoffs, you're kicking everything through the end zone because you don't want that guy getting a return. So yeah, you're not going to have any tackles that game. There's not that many, right? He said and there there are teams that uh, he said they, the Steelers do it as well, where you, you have a, a guy who you know is a really good special teams player. You kick the ball away from that guy. Yeah, hundred percent. You make you sure that he's doubled every time. Different ways. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Or if he is a gunner, might he catch a pass this year from a punt? You know, uh, right. fake or something along those lines. And you know, this is a football outsiders thing when they when they judge special teams units. They they almost if you if you listen to Aaron Schatz or any of those guys from a football outsiders are like, well, 
I know the Ravens and Patriots are going to be top four in our special teams rankings every year. Like, so you grab someone from that organization. Steelers are good too, usually, but grab someone that's been well coached in all facets and that stress special teams more than other teams. That, that has a lot of benefits, and, and I know and you can afford it under the cap. Yeah, over know? the years, you know, and the Steelers have done this as well. You keep five or six of those guys on mm-hmm. your roster just to play special teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yes, as their number one job. They can on game fill day. in in yeah. a pinch on game days. If, yep. You know, if your inside linebacker goes down, but they're there to play special teams. Yep, and I do think he can fill in wide receiver wise in a pinch, but he's going to get a lot of action on all four phases. And I always talk about this too, like. Everyone thought, like, if you were an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator and you only had five core guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> best of luck with that. <laughs> I mean, that's what Danny Smith gets week after week. And sometimes one of your core guys gets cut because you need a backup running back or whatever. Like, hey, that was my starting left tackle you just cut. Yeah. Know, like, that's important. <laughs> so as many of those you can give them is really a, a big deal. And someone that can play all phases goes a long way. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to a special edition of The Drive here from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Uh, We are live from the Steelers OTA sessions. We'll be back to wrap up the show right after this. A couple things here I wanted to to, uh, touch on before we ended up the show. Mm, Okay. uh, earlier today, uh, Najee Harris said that he uh, came in, he, he weighs 244 pounds. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I'm glad you brought it up. And he was listed last year, I think, at 232 or something like that. Um, and everybody make, is making a big deal of this. In fact, I saw a story that says, Najee Harris admits he's playing more than at, at a higher weight than Jerome, or he's right now he's a higher weight than Jerome Bettis was in his prime. Well, first of all, that's complete <laughs> and utter BS. I can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> yeah. Jerome Bettis, on his best day, didn't weigh 240 pounds. Or I was going to say, what Jerome was listed and what I saw him at when I would get out of the, the car in the parking lot, I think were two very different things. Correct. And I think the body types are slightly, slightly different. different. Right. Well, <laughs> Najee Harris apparently saw all this stuff out there and, and just tweeted something out that said, uh, I, was two, I, I played at 240 pounds last year. Oh, did he? Okay. I mean, first off, listed numbers are mean BS, nothing, of folks. Mean I, nothing, we've right. done, we've gone over this a hundred times over the years. I can remember when when the Steelers moved Steve McClendon to nose tackle. Yeah, and his listed weight was two hundred and eighty-two pounds or something like that. And people, well, he's too small to play nose tackle. He's too small. He's, he's too never light. seen him. Uh, so I went to Steve and I said, "Steve, what do you weigh right now?" And he said, three twenty. <laughs> <laughs> List like of 35 weights, pounds yeah. different. Listed right. weights are what they weighed at the combine. Yeah. Right. People don't update those things or whatever they, they want to be listed at. Guys, yeah. Right. In the pros, I don't go to like ESPN.com or NFL.com and do heights and weights. And I, I always hate to do that. Like in my ESPN days and a lot of places I've written for, they're like, please put his heights <laughs> and weights there. I'm like, they're not real. I, I right. always don't put them in articles on purpose if I can, unless my editor makes me, because they're not at all accurate. The if only you go time to that you know that their, they were accurate is from their, is the ones that they take at their at their pro day and at the combine. Right, which and, a lot of times are 10 pounds <laughs> less so they can run fast right. or all that stuff, say, too. Or right, if it's right. this case of, like, a Kyler Murray, 10 pounds heavier because I want to get to 200 pounds yeah. or whatever. There's a magic number. That doesn't mean that's what they play at. You know, you've used the James Ferrier example oh, a yeah. ton. You know, like he's much different than what he was listed at. He, he had a hard time his, keeping weight on. I know, you know? for a fact, you know, because I, I talked to him about it, his last couple of years in the league, he played at 215 pounds. Yeah, right, right, he right. He was listed at 230 something, and people would argue with me yeah. about it. I'm like, I talked to the man. <laughs> I asked him, what <laughs> right, do you right, weigh? Right. I stood next to him. I stood I, next right, to him, right, and right. I looked at him, and he looked like me. Right, you know? <laughs> right. right. And, and again, 
teams know these things. Yeah. You know, they know what they it track takes. Those they, they're on top they of it, of course. They, they, no, we don't need to know it. The list of weight right. is what's in there, what they give the PR department. That's what they have from the, the pro day yep. or what they got from the college if the guy didn't have a pro day or exactly. A, you know, those kind of things. But back to Najee, immediately, I think I, I said this last week, is the first thing I said to anyone when I walked into this building or on this practice field was – I was standing next to Mike Pursuta and said, wow, Najee looks bigger and stronger than I remember. And I'm not at every practice. He's yeah. like, yeah, wow. And it's very impressive to look at here. I mean, it's all good weight, folks. He's not like, wow, he's been eating cheeseburgers for the last day. No, he looks like a ripped up beast that would I would hate to try to tackle in any time. But I do think there's a conversation to be had in that a lot of backs, Love Bell's a perfect example, they trim weight, they get quicker yeah. as opposed to the other way around. I think that's a case-by-case basis, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Bell looked, was sluggish year one, lost weight, and was a lot better. You know, yeah. if Najee comes out here and looks slow, well, then I'd be concerned. But... Bell's, Bell was more natural weight, was the 225-ish mm-hmm. that, that he got And he kind of got, yeah. he let it slip. <laughs> well, he didn't let it slip. They wanted him at 250 pounds at Michigan State. Oh, at Michigan State. Okay. Yeah. So he was playing an unnatural weight. He played at like 235, 240 his Mm -hmm. his rookie year. Okay, okay. And it wasn't like he was sloppy. It was like that's what they had asked him to do at the college level. I mean, Harris is ripped up and very thick and very strong and looks great. I don't know what his ideal weight is. I mean, I I think you can look at that a lot of different ways, especially with the running back position. Boy, he dropped 10 pounds. And then he gets hurt that year. It's like, well, that's because he dropped 10 pounds. Or, boy, he's quicker. Didn't have the body armor. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm sure he didn't do it on his own and not, you know, talk to the Steelers strength staff or the running back coach or Coach Tomlin. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure this is by design. Yeah, we had another question here. Mm. Uh, This is coming from Kurt uh, Miller. Uh, on uh, on Twitter, I uh, said, "Would love to hear your opinions on this." So many people saying Lot and Dion, but I can't put a safety on this list over Mean Joe or, or AD. Who would, this is Aaron the, Donald. Aaron, okay, name the top three defensive players in NFL history. This is the Sports Illustrated question. Yeah. Well, Lawrence Taylor's got to be. on He's that number list. one for me. Yeah, he's yeah. got to be on that list somewhere. Yeah. And we had a good conversation, it seems like many moons ago, about T.J. Watt versus all-time pass rushers to start their career. Reggie White would be in consideration for me because yeah. he's 285, 290. You know, I mean, he's a little different than some of the others. I do think Aaron Donald's in the conversation. I'm going to go back a, a, a few decades as well and throw Deacon Jones into that yeah. conversation. Yeah, uh, what if there were sacks back then? Yeah. You know, that, 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 I, mean, I think that's very apparent. You again, know. you talk about guys that changed the rules of the game for. Mm-hmm. And they changed the rules of the game for Deacon Jones. They took the head slap away from him because he was just – devastating with it which brings me to mel blunt which team brings you to mel blunt yes. right uh, and <laughs> i think woodson and dion were elite corners i don't think i'd take any corner or cover man period over blunt in the history of the game yeah so i know that we're not digging in analytics or salary cap wise but there's been a lot of great traditional second level linebackers in the league too and with all respect to Lambert, and even I mean, Ham would be high on my list, but I think I would go Ray Lewis or Butkus as my number one true Here's linebacker. Here's one that nobody talks about that in his prime, I thought he was the best defensive player maybe that I've seen, uh, and that's Junior Seau. Mm, it's a good one. 
I mean, he could co- he could cover. He could he could he was a beast against the run. Yeah, I mean, he was just all over the field. But that that four or five year period when he was in his prime, yeah, was as good as anybody I've seen. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. He's also a an energy giver to any defense. He, yeah. he, he you know, not that Lewis wasn't. Or I mean, Butkus he was the or, he was the, the one star of that team that beat the Steelers in '94 to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was the only star in that team. Yeah, yeah, and he was basically the best defensive player in the league there yeah. for a little while. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, Joe Green, of course, has to be mentioned, and you can uh, his leadership. Not that Lewis wasn't a good leader, or right. Butkus or any of these guys too, but certainly it carries a lot of weight as well. I don't know. I mean, Blunt and LT, I think, is be where I start. Yeah, Taylor. Taylor to me is is number one. Is number one. He's the best defensive player I mean, I've ever seen. He was just a complete game record. Yeah, but I wouldn't fight you on Aaron Donald. No, and, and I'll be quite frank. I mean, if you look at those first five or six years of JJ Watt's career, right, right, that's pretty strong. That's why I didn't bring him up because I think Donald. Right was he like sustained it longer. It was it, Donald versus JJ. I think you have to give the Donald now because yeah. he keeps doing it. But if you had asked me three years ago, I would have said JJ. Yeah. You know, just because it's similar. And then one followed, kind of like Gretzky to Lemieux. You know, like yeah. one just kind of handed it over to the other. Yeah, just dominant, dominant players. Yeah, um, it's tough for a cornerback to be a dominant player like that, though. It is because teams can just throw away from you. Mm-hmm. Dion's pretty high on the list, though, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I know everyone here preferred Rod over Dion, and I get that, and they're different styles. But, I mean, he would do battle with Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin every snap. I mean, like, yeah. that's pretty darn good. Yeah, no, he's, he's a great player. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. A lot of great defensive players. A lot of them have come through this building. Yeah, an I mean, unbelievable amount. I guess if I'm taking a safety, Ronnie Lott's hard to argue with. Pretty like, hard to argue corner with. Corner of yeah. turn safety, too, you know. Yeah. So. Um, just a great, great football player. Mm-hmm. I would probably, to this questions or to this tweets, you know, original question though, I would probably build with big people. I mean, I, I'd probably find a way to get Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor and Aaron Donald on my team, and my back seven's just good, not great. Yeah, I'll live with that. Yeah, the funny <laughs> thing about the 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 Reggie White conversation is a lot of people on that that, that were around that Eagles team at the time said mm-hmm. Jerome Brown was better. Yeah, I've heard that as I mean, well. Or was on the verge of being better. Yeah. You're right, right, right. And I also was around Walt Harris when I worked next door, and Walt was with Reggie at Tennessee yeah. and said nobody was better. <laughs> <laughs> Period. End sentence. Nobody's better than that guy. Yeah, right, right, right. yeah I mean, just, just generational type players. Mm. That, I mean, he was – but so I keep bringing him up is because he was so big. Yeah. Because he was an end, but he was 285. He's just strong. Yeah. He just throw guys out of the bar. And it's not like I'd watched a ton of coaching tape on Bruce Smith, but they ran a 3-4, or they ran a, a three-man front, yeah. and he was not the edge guy, you yeah. know. I mean, so he did a lot more dirty work than people realize, too, and was a little bigger than people realize, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's some great ones. Yeah, really great ones. Uh, it's tough to just pick three. 100%. Three is a really tough number. Like I would start you, with LT, though. I can give you ten yeah. great ones, and I'd you know, rank them in whatever, whatever order you like, but mm-hmm. – that's a tough question, but I hope we hope we gave you some clarity on that one. If I take um, three, I go an LT Blunt, and I think Donald. I think Donald at this point in his career belongs yeah. on that list somewhere. Over Joe Green's hard. It's hard. Yeah, but, or over Reggie, or you know. Yeah, yeah. When you consistently be the you know in the in the top three for the defensive player of the year over a decade. Over a decade, yeah. right? I mean, at that position, getting triple teamed time and time again. Just a, just a home record. Yeah. 
Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for today's show. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, I am Dale Lolly. Uh, we are live here from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex here uh, from the Steelers OTAs. We'll be back again tomorrow and then again on Thursday. All and right. then uh, next week we'll have actual mini camp, which will be mandatory for everybody. It'll be Good mandatory for us to be here <laughs> and for you to listen. It's mandatory. It's mandatory. mandatory. Check you back. You must listen. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's show. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards.